1: Welcome to the Unbillable Hour, the law practice advisory podcast helping attorneys achieve more success. We're glad you can listen today on the Legal Talk Network. I am your host, Christopher Anderson, and I am an attorney with a singular passion for helping other lawyers be more successful with their law firm business. My team at How to Manage a Small Law Firm and I work directly with lawyers across the country to help them achieve success as they define it. In the Unbillable Hour, each month we explore an area important to growing revenues giving you back more of your time and or improving your professional satisfaction in one of the key areas of your business. As an attorney who has built and managed my own law firms in Georgia and New York City, I now get to work with hundreds of law firm owners to help them grow professionally and personally. I start with the fundamental premise that a law firm business exists primarily to provide for the financial, personal, and professional needs of you, its owner. In this program, I have a chance to speak to you, as I do in presentations all across the country, about what it takes to build and operate your law firm like the business that it is. I have a chance to introduce you to a new guest each month to talk about how to make that business work for you instead of the other way around. Before we get started, I do want to say a thank you to our sponsors, Answer One and Solo Practice University. Answer One is a leading virtual receptionist and answering services provider for lawyers. You can find out more by giving them a call at 800 answer one or online at www.answer1.com, and that's www.answer1.com. Solo Practice University is a great resource for solos no matter how long you've been practicing. Make sure you check out solopracticeuniversity.com and learn how to run your practice better. Today's episode of the Unbillable Hour is Give Love to Get Love. One of the topics I cover is marketing. Marketing is the lifeblood of any business, and particularly of law firms. Yet lawyers have many misconceptions about marketing, what it is, what it is not, and at the end of the day, that marketing has two main jobs. Marketing has one main job, which is to attract new prospects to the door for the law firm to convert into sales, that is, into new clients, and the other main job of marketing is to keep everybody else the heck away from the business. My guest today is Kevin O'Keefe. Kevin is the CEO and founder of LexBlog. He works with attorneys to help them get their messages out to prospective clients as one of the tools that they use in marketing. And Kevin's going to talk to us a little bit about how to use and how not to use social media, the web, blogs for their businesses. And I've entitled the talk today, Give Love to Get Love, um, because I read an article that I really liked uh, that Kevin wrote that talked about that concept. So first of all, Kevin O'Keefe. Welcome to the Unbillable Hour. My introduction was really really brief. You run a business called uh, or you run a you run a product called Lexblock. You've actually changed the name of your business. What does your business just briefly do for law firm owners?
2: You know, in essence it helps lawyers do the type of work they want to do for the type of clients they would like to do it for. And uh, the internet's a powerful tool in order to get that work because the best lawyers I, I've been a lawyer for 35 years practice for 17 and the best work comes by Relationships and word of mouth. It doesn't come from advertising or pushing your message out. And the failing on most lawyers' part and most legal marketers' part is that they're talking about getting attention, and uh, you know that goes back to the days of billboards, TV ads, yellow pages, that type of thing, which is okay. But you may not have to resort to that or to fall to that, you know, with the advent of the internet. So, you know, what Luxbug does is blogs became a, a opportune way for lawyers to reach out and shake the hand of other people to engage them build a name for themselves build relationships so the key though was putting together a you know a turnkey solution not only from a technology standpoint because it's not trivial to continue to sustain and build and add features and upgrades to a platform but also you know you know everything a lawyer would need your design, your strategy, your coaching, your search engine optimization, you know, how you would uh, tactfully blog, you know, and then free ongoing support. So just, you know, it was, it was a business that I think a lot of entrepreneurs fall into. You create something that didn't exist that you were looking for, and then you kind of make it up as you go. Uh, based yeah, on that I mean, feedback.
1: I think a lot of great products happen that way, right? You're, you wish the thing existed. It doesn't. You make it, and then you find out that other people want it. Yeah, um, no, that
2: was basically it.
1: Yeah, so you wrote about, and you kind of alluded to this in what you just said, but I want to kind of drill into the thing, because I, I really found your article uh, to be fairly uh, inspirational for me, and also just to kind of, it also was it resonated with what I really believe. Um, you wrote in your article that, that social media can be a vehicle, that the right way to use it is as a vehicle to give love in order to get love, but that... Like I think, basically, when when you boil it down, a lot of people just look to get the love and don't give much of it. Before we go into what that all means, let's just like I'd like to just understand and help the listeners understand what does it mean to get love from social media.
2: You know, it's pretty simple. I'll, I'll put you back. You know, in 1995 or 1996, I'm in a law office and ask any lawyer. You know, what do you do with the letters that you receive from clients that you've helped? And, you know, that said, hey, you really changed my life. You made a difference. You saved my business. I wouldn't be able to, you know, the things you did for my daughter or son, whatever. They're very moving. Take that letter and you put it in the right-hand drawer. If you're right-handed, in your left-hand drawer, if you're left-handed. So it's always available to read on the tough days. 1995 or 1996, I started answering questions on AOL. You know, I wasn't looking for attention. I just answered questions in areas that, you know, three or four areas that I knew something about. And the fan mail started coming three, four times a day. Which is pretty amazing, you know, to the point where we're saying prayers for you and your team and hope you continue to do this work. It feels good because you, you start to feel like, I mean, this education and hard work that I went out and, you know, did over time is worthwhile. I can make a difference. I can make a dent in the world. So you start to feel that love and it motivates you to keep doing what you're doing. So, you know, with social media, people put stuff out all day long. They blog, they put stuff on Twitter, they put it on LinkedIn, they put it on Facebook. It's all about their stuff. You know, some companies, right. I can look down, like this morning, I looked at a couple more things, and I go, I know this is going to be their stuff because they I don't think they've ever shared anybody else's stuff. And I'm not sure how much they get back where people like their stuff. You know, for me, on Twitter, I mean, this is the love thing, I don't share my own stuff. you know, maybe one out of twenty pieces, I share other people's things because I find it interesting. And other people might find it interesting, so I share it. And I think they appreciate that. You know, so if, if I'm sitting here and uh, you know, we're we're talking on this podcast, you know, and I'm seeing people have liked my tweets from Europe this morning because I gave a shout out to to a software company in McCarthy Chitral on launching a new contract automation tool. I thought it was interesting. I shot it out. You know, I guess I'm giving them love. That's the, that was just a way that I think I, I've used that phrase you know, from time to time, so you, you've run across
1: it. Yeah, so I think what I hear you saying is the, the get love part is, the good get love part is when organically, because of helping people, they reach back and show some sort of appreciation. And I guess also what you've just said is the get love part is when you do produce something that others share it on your behalf. But in order to do that, what you're saying is you first ought to, Give the love by helping others get their messages out, helping them get their products out, helping them get their thoughts out when you believe they're worth transmitting to your followers.
2: Yeah, and it's not just the social media aspect. I can walk into legal tech, and most people know me. Mm-hmm. Same thing with ABA Tech Show. Same thing with a lot of shows. And I, I think that that comes from blogging and using social media. You know, they, they tend to know my philosophies because I can be opinionated at times. But
1: a lot of people <laughs> have never seen part, it.
2: A lot of it is because, you know, I'm not engaging people. You know, so ultimately, I'm looking. You know, it's not just the social media love back and forth. Ultimately, I'm looking for business. So if I, you know, ping a law firm and say, you know, you don't know me from Adam, but I'd like to come in and talk to you about such and such, maybe let you pick my brain on something. They tend to respond, and I think that's from the this philosophical thing of, you know, you give. You know, there used to be first person that wrote a book on the complete book for lawyers for the internet was a guy named Jerry Lawson. Mm-hmm. This came out probably 97 or 98. And I think he said you had to give chips to get chips or give squares to get squares. And was, the analogy was chess. Now that goes back to the early days of search engine optimization. Epic mm-hmm. good content has to be indexed, but you got to give links to get links. There's a similar philosophy to that.
1: Yeah. Well, that makes sense. So get love. I mean, I just want to make sure I've, kind of captured the concept of giving. So you mentioned sharing the thoughts and tweets, if it's social media, Facebook posts, if it's Facebook. I guess if people write a blog or write an article that you come across, even if it's in a newspaper or magazine, and you share that, are all those ways of giving love? And have I missed any?
2: Yeah, you know, I, you know, I, use, I use a news aggregator, so I'm not randomly seeing things this is pretty mm-hmm. strategic i'm listening to words subjects corporation names and sources so for example any lawyer that is using you know social media blogging whatever unfortunately most of them don't know what it is and they hire somebody to just do random stuff and then aren't mm-hmm. sure why it's not working but yeah any lawyer that is going to use the internet has got to identify who the major influencers are you know, in their community. If I'm doing, you know, estate planning in Miami, who are the major financial planners in town? Who are the major accounting firms in town? Who are the lawyers that don't do estate planning? You know, who's the uh writers for the business journal on these type of subjects? The same thing for I think it's Miami Herald or Tribune, I don't know. But that way they're seeing the people that are sharing interesting information and they're sharing it back out. So they're they're meeting those people. Think of a of the CEO of a major financial planner. Or maybe maybe you just say, well, we think that doctors have good networks that can grow it to $2 million, so they're going to need estate planning. We think that if we follow the healthcare institutions and the CEOs of those healthcare care institutions, other executives, that they're not going to get much love when they tweet out something about a nonprofit that they've got involved in. But I'm going to do it, because I'm a lawyer that would like to have a relationship with them. That's what you do. So. The giving love is very strategic. Okay. I want to meet the CEO of this healthcare organization for launch within two weeks. Right. And then you, you have your Twitter list and up comes something that CEO shared. You retweet it. There isn't another lawyer in all Florida that will have retweeted it, or anybody else, and that person will thank you, you connect to LinkedIn, you go to lunch. And this is real. And so the point that I was making in that article was that all these legal technology companies were descending at the ABA Tech Show, and they were sitting in booths with big signs trying to get people to go over and do business with them. And I'm sitting there thinking, this isn't that hard. Why wouldn't you (laughs) be going out and engaging people to build a name? You're coming up to me. You're coming up to Bob Ambrosian. You're saying, please, can you write about me? We don't even know who you are. There's no trust. There's nothing. So – Using the internet is more of an engagement and communications medium. It's not a broadcast medium. Sorry to go on so long.
1: No, no, I think that's that's really key because what I, I mean, like listening to that, you know, what's striking me about the way you think about it, the way you talk about it, it's really like this goes back to Dale Carnegie. This is like way back kind of thinking, you know. But it, the only difference is that what used to take maybe weeks or months, you know, where you would target somebody or a group of people or a demographic that you want to reach, and then you'd try to find out the networking events that they might be at. And then you make sure to try to have a conversation with them. And then you'd try to find something interesting to send to them in a thank you note. You're like this would all take place over a longer period of time. And what you've just described is taking those same exact concepts and bringing them onto the various tools at our disposal now, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, etc and condensing the time, but really doing the same kind of things.
2: Yes, it's what I mean it. Anywhere from two to four hours a day, I'm networking online. And, you know, it can move across Twitter. It can move across LinkedIn. You know, my blog is my home base where people tend to see, you know, I'm a person of substance because I publish on an independent publication. You know, I'm Facebook, um, all those things. And, and I explained to lawyers, I said, you know, go out to a room where you're going to network, except you get to make the room. You get to put in exactly the people that you would love to meet. And when you walk into the room, you want people to turn around and say, oh, my gosh, you're here. How cool is that? That's the Internet. You know, these concepts like Dale Carnegie, this was all dropped around, you know, 2000, 2001, 2002 by the people, you know, we're out here blogging and we're learning this stuff. And we had to pinch ourselves. That this stuff was so amazing. But other people couldn't see it. Mm-hmm. Where I feel bad for lawyers is that is that 80 percent of what lawyers are being told is wrong. But yet they follow it because they don't understand it. And I, I could put myself on that same shoe as a lawyer. I mean, I can remember when Wes showed up, you know, years ago, and said yeah. they can give me access to the internet in my zip code. And I said, you know, I got access to the whole country already. You know, I'm, you know I've got message boards, listservs, all this type of stuff. I was learning it by the seat of my pants, but at least I had some general understanding of what might work. Same thing today. That same goofy concept of somebody coming in and saying. Do you guys, You know, with the internet, we've set it up so that you can have it for your county for these subject matter areas. How stupid would that sound? Well, today, <laughs> today, people are coming in and sell, are selling stuff. It's just
1: as silly. <laughs> but honestly, I mean, there—and I don't want to mention names—but I mean, there are some major internet properties that are still selling it that way. They are, of course, they are, because yeah. you're dealing with an uninformed audience that doesn't have time to slow down and become informed.
2: You know, so when lawyers ask me what they should do, and I say, if you can't understand it, don't buy it. You know, why would you go buy a car if you couldn't understand what you would use it for? You know, it doesn't have to be that complicated. Slow down. And that's where you really want to say that my aspirations are higher than getting leads. My aspirations are being the go-to lawyer on this niche in my metro area or my state or nationwide. And if somebody's got to hold that position, why not me? You know, you heard Chris, you know, the guy that wanted to be the next Bob Costas, you know, that was was, his goal. That was not a light goal. And I've told people at various times, I've used the Bob Costas analogy, I said, he's going to retire. Somebody's going to sit in his seat. Who's going to do that? Why wouldn't it be you? So for a lawyer, you know, for just using Miami again as an example, I'll bet that if I had to, within the next couple hours, Within the next hour, find out the three or four leading estate planning lawyers in Miami, I could find that out. And they got their work by word of mouth and relationships. Why don't you be one of those? Why would you say, I could never be one of them? So I'm challenging lawyers to understand that the internet is a really powerful tool. You, you probably have a computer sitting in front of you for the last 10 years. You have a computer in your pocket. You have computers in your cars. <laughs> you never go away from But then you don't use them to communicate in a way that will grow your reputation and business.
1: Yeah, I mean this stuff resonates so well. And one of the things that, like, and I think that will help people kind of see the difference of what you're talking about is you mentioned in your in your writing the difference between a neon sign, which is what you were just talking about just now, like people that have the booths and they're, that they're all their social media interaction is "come see me, come see me, come see me," and a conversation. And like, what bounced around in my head was that I've heard I think it's Jeff Walker, um, who wrote wrote the book Launch. Basically, he describes the neon sign thing as people just walking around screaming, buy my stuff, buy my stuff, buy my stuff, rather than what you're talking about, which is to enter a conversation with them. And the way he describes it is to actually, the best way is to try to enter a conversation that's already going on. How do you reconcile what you're saying with that thinking? Like, how does that measure up?
2: That's right. And I'll take a step further. Putting out content, you know, under this theme of content marketing, which is a word I just hate. <laughs> um, well, I mean, cause it's, it's like, it's something new. I mean, I'm yeah, sure, exactly. a, I'm sure Abe Lincoln wrote books or wrote letters and whatever. Was he content marketing, even that people sell software to get people to read the content. And then people sell more software to tell you who read the content, like it's going to matter. What you just described these, the Jeff is the idea that it's, that it's a listening, it's a relationship thing. You know, so when I started blogging, I didn't know anything about blogging. People didn't even know what the word was, um, so I had to read about it, and I had to share what other people were reading, and to demonstrate, you know, that that here's why I shared this with you. Here's what I'm learning. Lawyers always talk about, or before they become lawyers in law school, about staying up to speed. You know, we stay abreast of legal developments and whatnot. We even get scared, you know, in law school. Oh my God, the advance sheets. Am I going to be able to read these all? Like, there's mm-hmm. some mysterious thing. Then we get out, and we do stay up to speed somewhat. Some lawyers you know, maybe go to CLH or just you know, any way they can get it, they'll take it, but others go to learn. But what if you could put your learning out on display? Then I'm staying abreast. I read from the learned people. I read from the thought leaders, and it's done in a way that not only are you meeting those thought leaders, but the public sees that you're reading them, and yeah. you're also, you're also pining on what they're saying. So you put yourself in that conversation. So marketing is a conversation, I mean, that's what it is. It is not a broadcast medium. So people, you know, pick up the train or book the Clue Train Manifesto. They will see marketing as a conversation coming from Doc Searles and it very much is. So if my company is going to market itself, we have to find the conversation and be part of that. You know, to the extreme where you're going to see our website go away, we will advance into a blog because Mm -hmm. I need to have my people in a conversation with other people. So for lawyers, you know, if I'm listening and engaging like you just described in a conversation, we use the estate planning initiative, but it could be any, it could be personal injury bankruptcy, could be equine law, could be IP litigation in a particular state, could be anything in in the world. Who are the thought leaders on that subject? Who could I learn from? What are the words and phrases that I would follow? And by doing so, people are gonna see that I'm engaged in that conversation. It's no different than if you were invited to be on a panel with the other thought leaders. You would certainly go. You would listen to what they're saying. And out in the audience would be influencers, prospective clients, and existing clients. And they would see you as being very knowledgeable on this resource. But even more importantly than that, they would see the influencers who they've come to know as rock stars in the field engaging you and talking to right.
1: you right. like you know something.
2: <laughs> and it's pretty simple when you think about it. So a little... it's, a lot of, it's a lot of fun, too.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's some like... Transmojo manifestation. But yeah, it's, and it is love, right? It is just, it is transferring the concept that I know you, I like you, and I trust you that only comes out of a conversation.
2: People see it and hear it.
1: Yeah. All right. We're going to go to break here in just a second. When we come back, Kevin, I'm going to ask you about like, you've mentioned like what it is to give love and how to do it. Um, I'm going to ask you like to give an idea of how to start building an actual effective strategy to change. The way you're approaching the marketplace. So, lawyers and others, quite honestly, who have a chance to listen to this have a good place to start. Um, we'll do that when we get back and we'll go to break right now to hear from our sponsors. Is your firm experiencing missed calls, empty voicemail boxes, and potential clients you'll never hear from again? Enter Answer One virtual receptionists. They're more than just an answering service. Answer One is available 24 7. They can even schedule appointments, respond to emails, integrate with Clio, and much more. Answer One helps make sure your clients have the experience they deserve. Give them a call at 1 800 Answer One or visit them at AnswerOne.com slash podcast for a special offer. That's answer the number one dot com slash podcast. Ready to create and build your own solo or small farm practice? Need a nuts and bolts education on the 360 degree experience of starting a business? There's only one online destination dedicated to helping you achieve your goals. Solo Practice University. The only online educational and professional networking community dedicated to lawyers and law students who want to go into practice for themselves. More than a thousand classes, 58 faculty and mentors. What are you waiting for? Check out solopracticeuniversity.com today. And we're back with Kevin O'Keefe on the Unbillable Hour. We are talking about give love to get love or the strategy for good marketing. We're talking about it in the context of social media marketing, but really this is just good marketing. As Kevin said before the break, marketing is a conversation. To the extent it's not, it's probably not good marketing. Um, and to the extent that it is, you'll get better results. So what I said before we went to break is I wanted to ask Kevin where to get started. Then I've got some more nuts and bolts questions. But a lawyers listening to this or a business person is listening to this going like, wow, you know, this is kind of mind blowing. It's not new stuff, but I really haven't been thinking this way. And sure as heck, a lot of the vendors I'm talking about aren't trying to help me think this way. Where do I get started? How do I start building a strategy to do this? What would you tell them, Kevin? You know, I'm sure it's probably you know
2: similar types of things that you've talked about. You know, I try to get people to you know, just grab a piece of paper and write down where they want to be. You know, I think Stephen Covey's phrase of "begin with the end in mind" is is a powerful mm-hmm. phrase. You know, what's your definition of success? You know, mark it down. Two years from today, I'm going to be that. Be very specific. Be very strategic, and be very niche oriented. I think when you're going to use the internet, there's a lot of noise out there. So if you're going to talk about all these soft, you know. Things that everybody can talk about, you know, a responsive, innovative, cutting-edge law firm, over-the-top service—it's all good, but it doesn't differentiate you from anybody else, including a car wash. So, yeah. what is it that you would like to do? What, what could you dream of? And you don't have to burn the boats behind you and say, you know, I'm going to do equine law when I've been over here doing corporate litigation. You can still do some of this work. You know, you'll freak out your partners if you said, "I'm tomorrow, I'm doing equine law. I don't have any clients." I could say, okay, I'm going to do this corporate litigation work over here, but I'm going to do an equine law, and uh, I'd like to be one of the better known lawyers in the country on this subject, and these are the type of clients I'd like to have, whether they're breeders, uh, you know, syndicate participants, whatever it might be, trainers, you, you name it. And I'd like that to be the majority of my work, you know, 75 90% within two years. That's not a, a foolish goal, and I'd like to be making more money than I am today, Wanna make sure I never have to worry about where my kids are going to college because I've got enough resources. If my husband and I want to go on vacation, I've got the resources for that. I never have to worry about where I'm at for a law firm because you know I'm identifiable in among themselves. Really get focused on that because today it's possible with the internet. And then start to, you know, learn how to use the internet and how other people are are using it. Some of it you can learn on your own. Some of you may want some help. You know, it all varies. It's not mysterious in that you can go out and look at what certain people are doing. You have to find the people that know what they're doing. And then I think, you know, you're listening. You start to see what's going on out there. To me, you know, you sit down with a news aggregator or Twitter. Now, these are things you might need some help and understand how to set up. But most kids could Google how do I use Feedly, which is a news aggregator, and pull up YouTube and figure it out. Same thing with, you know, Twitter as a listening device as opposed to broadcast. Yeah. And then start to, you know, I would suggest you get comfortable with these these mediums. You're not going to build an identity in a, in a big way in an area that you're going to say, I'm going to do this or I haven't had a reputation before without blogging. That's impossible because you're going to have to demonstrate it in some way that you're learned, you follow. Here's my insight and commentary. And it has to be where you are. I mean, right. A you know, person this morning said, you know, sent me a piece that said, you know, you probably saw this on LinkedIn yesterday. And I'm thinking, no, I didn't see it on LinkedIn yesterday. I was probably there, but how would I see that? You know, And if I wanted to look up that person's publishing at LinkedIn, I can't see it. If they're publishing at other publications, I can't. there's not a home base for that. And the other thing they have to realize is putting content inside a website is the height of folly. They'll bring a bunch of traffic to your website, but it's certainly going to build any notoriety for you as an authority on the subject. It doesn't establish thought leadership. And then you're gonna get out and you're just gonna make a list of these other tools. And there are not that many tools, but I know it can get complicated. If I was somebody was telling me this today and I didn't use them, it would seem awfully intimidating, but you're using LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. And I would also set the goal in between of that I, I believe that the internet is a powerful communications tool and it could be used for business development. I think it would be beneficial to me if a year from now I had a working understanding of this so even when I'm talking with larger firms, it could be three, 400 lawyers, I'll say a reasonable goal would be if one or two of you could understand how to use the internet a year from now. Think about that. 400 lawyers, 30 or 40 marketing business development people. It would be worthwhile for one or two of you to yeah. understand how to use the internet for business development because then that becomes a viral positive. It spreads to other people. So for individual lawyers, it could be the same goal. I'd like to understand what this is all about. It's going to take a while. But it isn't going to take an extraordinary amount of time because, you know, there are people, that equine law example, she was speaking to the Kentucky Derby, the National Breeders Association, within a year. How could a lawyer do that from Dallas, Texas, that was doing corporate litigation? That's, like you said, Chris, you know, I think you said before, a very accelerated way of going out and building the name and relationships.
1: Yeah. And I'm going to actually ask you at the bottom of the show, I'm going to ask you. How do they start to learn? But we'll come back to that in a second because, I mean, I think that's that's just a powerful message, like just a couple people in a larger firm. If you're a small firm, you know, you've got to learn a little bit about how to use the Internet, and you've got examples of people that have done it and really gotten great results. You mentioned, though, as you were talking, I just – I know there's a lot of confusion. You know, I talk to lawyers all the time about what they're doing, and there's a lot of confusion even between what the difference is between using social media, using paid search, and using SEO. And then there's also confusion about how and when to use LinkedIn versus Twitter versus Facebook versus Instagram versus whatever else is out there. There's probably a right time for each of those and a wrong time for each of those and a wrong way for each of those. So if you wouldn't mind, let's spend a couple of minutes. First of all, let's just handle what's the difference and how when lawyers are thinking about using the Internet, what should they be thinking about? Social media, paid search, SEO, and what's the difference among them?
2: You know, a lot comes down to what, what works for them. You know, I've never bought paid. me. I guess we we once in a while, you know, may pay 30 cents to sh- put our beer for bloggers on Twitter or something like that. <laughs> but we don't, there's not a lot to it. I mean, Google is one way that people get found, but it's not the only way. You right. know, in fact, I don't look at my stats anymore. It's probably been three years uh, since I looked at stats. I could actually care less what traffic or stats or, you know, words or whatever. It just doesn't matter. The last time I did... I liked it when, when the social traffic was as high as any search traffic because social traffic's more worthwhile because that's where people trust me and have other people that trust them. Google's random. So I put in a search, things come up. It's a big leap of faith to think that I'm gonna hire, you know, a doctor. Uh, based on a random search for a heart surgeon, um, yeah, it, yeah, it, that's it's a great pop, analogy. It's going to come from somebody I trust. So you know, think of it this way. You know, a powerful stat from uh, General Counsel at Air Canada, speaking in Chicago this spring, and you know, he said that lawyers are number six, where people would turn for getting legal help. I don't know what the other five are, but number one is you know, co employee, friend, family member, or somebody that they trust. Mm-hmm. So that's their social network. So that's important to realize. People don't go and say, I need a divorce lawyer, I'm getting a divorce. But they see stuff or they rely on people that they get to know. So you do want to think about the social media thing. With search engine optimization, it comes from being yourself and having a good presence. You know, I, I don't do anything unique for search engine optimization. It was very mystical to me. Just people talking about it would be enough to get me nauseous. So in 2004, I went to Barnes & Noble and picked up a book called Search Engine Optimization for Dummies and realized that really what it was about was indexing content on the internet under the titles that you would want people to to look for it or find it. So that was pretty clear. And then the next thing was that if you had influential content, it appeared higher in the search engines. Influence determined by do other people think it's important and do they link to it, they share it, those type of things. So social media can take care of itself that way. When you don't have a name and you don't have a reputation and you're not a go-to lawyer in a niche, then... Higher way when it comes to seo and get that traffic come to your side generate those leads measure conversion rates if the seo isn't working for you buy paid get the traffic coming to you but that's just one way of doing it and then there's the other way you know and the old school way is to me law, law is a noble profession uh the lawyers that are more learned that are more trusted uh that have relationships that have a go-to reputation and niche that's where i wanted to be and uh I don't think it's for every lawyer because that's just not where their aspirations are. So then you might be over in, you know, you've heard it, Chris. There's people that spend $5,000 a month, $10,000 a month for the SEO. And I can't begrudge that because I'm sure the SEO consultants can come in and say, they'll bring you
1: this measure of work. You know, it's a machine. But I I think to listen to you, yeah, that might work and that might get you the traffic. But to listen to you, what I'm also hearing is use, use that power for good. In other words... Use that power. Yeah, drive the traffic, but use that power to enter into a conversation. Don't use that power to get out there and then yell, buy my stuff.
2: And it it doesn't have to be traffic either. So I'll give you just a concrete example that I use in examples with people. I didn't know anybody at Walters Kluwer, but I knew a fair amount of people at, you know, Thompson Reuters West, fine law on that. I knew people at LexisNexis, but I didn't know anybody at Walters Kluwer and I thought they were doing more innovative things on the open publishing and blogging side. So I just, follow a blog on on innovation that they do off the content. I followed their name. I don't know how long it was that some probably their titles came through my news aggregator before I opened one up. And in my news, among other all their news about other subjects or other people, comes something up that was interesting. So I wrote about it. And I said, you know, John Barker, you know, a uh, VP of strategy for Walter Square had an interesting take on such and such, provided block quote. He went on to say this, here's my take. John sees it. He likes it. I request, you know, connect with him on LinkedIn without telling him he liked it. John asked me to meet his boss and uh, his boss from the Netherlands and the director of Worldwide Products uh, for dinner in New York. And we met two weeks later. So I didn't need a lot of traffic. Right, right. If I was focused on traffic. One of the odds is that John would have been walking down the street in downtown Chicago and go, oh, my God, this is brilliant what I just picked up off the street that Kevin O'Keefe wrote. And then my software would tell me that, that John Barker just picked it up and that he's going to call me. And say, one, can you do a webinar for our people, 500 people around the world? And two, can we have dinner in New York? So <laughs> that- I, I don't think this is that complicated. So lawyers are thinking traffic. And I'm thinking business and name. I understand that people do produce business out of traffic. I'm just saying it's a different approach.
1: Yeah, you're very focused. Like, yeah, who do I want to talk to? In what business? What's my goal? And that's a great way to approach it. Real quick, um, we've talked about a bunch of different platforms and strategies. Can we help our listeners to just quickly differentiate between when is it appropriate and the right thing to create and manage and push content out on a blogging platform or on a blog, Um, when to use LinkedIn, when to use Twitter, when to use Facebook, when to use Instagram, when's the right time for each one and should everyone use everything or some better for others than others?
2: Yeah. I mean, I got a dog in this hut with blogging and blogging. I'm like built blogging built my company and employs a lot of people. So I know that works. And I know that, you know, we've got customers that are become rock stars and done extremely well for themselves through blogging. When you get over to these other things, I think you do what feels comfortable for you. Snapchat's gonna be very big. I don't mm-hmm. I don't I don't use yeah. it. I'm not feeling nervous that I'm not using it. But New York Times just launched a news channel on Snapchat. You know, it's gonna be what people use. My children, I've got five kids, they're coming back to Facebook. But they went away to Facebook because they're more networking on Instagram and staying in touch with people on on Instagram. And there's a mix of personal and professional on these mediums. When you get to Facebook, you know the big myth is it's for personal versus business. It's for everything. You know what you share, you don't get to decide who's going to look at it. Facebook will decide that. What brings value to Chris Anderson's life? If it's my kids on vacation with me, or at a Mariners game, or it's a piece I write on business development you know, Zuckerberg will figure that out. So you don't have to worry worry about what's showing up in front of people. It's what adds value in their life because it could be 1500 different news feeds. But what you do on Facebook is you build relationships. So if I need to get a hold of leading business people in this country, whether they're inside or outside law firms, the fastest way to do so for me is Facebook Messenger because whatever reason they see it pretty fast and they respond, when you go over to LinkedIn, LinkedIn is progressing very nicely as a more of a social network. And that began about two years ago when they modified their user interface in mobile. Now they've changed it on desktop. But most of the best stuff you're going to be using for social networking is going to be on a mobile device, not on a desktop. So what I mean by that is you've got a blog post. You don't republish it at LinkedIn. You share it with a teaser. And then you don't, most lawyers do, and they go, oh, my gosh, look at all those comments and like, this is fascinating. They might even do a report back to the law firm. Here's, I had 18 likes. And then they stop. Why wouldn't you click on that person's face and say, oh, my God, I can't believe this person liked this, their second connection, I'm going to reach out and connect with them. Yeah. Not even. I'm not even going to mention that they liked it. Do you have time for coffee? LinkedIn knows where you're both located, it knows where your subjects are. It didn't randomly put your piece of content in right. front of that person. It thought it would add value to their life. So now you got to make you know a connection with them. LinkedIn is very comfortable for lawyers to use and they should use it. Or so connect with everybody that you know, you know, that you run across with because it's helping LinkedIn understand the type of stuff that you're interested in and who you're interested in and what they're interested in and mix it all together. It'll, it'll help you. It's working for you. Twitter, an easy way for lawyers to get started is to have their news aggregators set up because they have to have a listening device. This is not about broadcasting or pushing. Have Feedly set up. Put it, you know, sources and subjects and then organize them into folders and then just look at it and share. You're not looking to, you know, necessarily just go get all the love by sharing other people's stuff. You're going to build up a little credibility on Twitter that you have more than three followers and because other people are going to like this you as a funnel or an intelligence agent. Now you can go create those Twitter lists. Because you know, I was meeting with a lawyer back in Midwest last week on a niche subject. And I said, we can identify all the referral sources for you in your state and the adjoining state. And let's put them on a Twitter list. And let's put the principles of those companies in a Twitter list. Now we're cooking. Because he can sit in a line at Starbucks and share what they're proud of and what they're sharing to build a relationship. And then as lawyers use Twitter, they're gonna be following other people that use Twitter and it's gonna leave clues. You know, you follow the successful people, success leaves clues behind it. You'll pick up, you know, some of those things, right? So where I tell lawyers is I don't get off to Instagram, but they certainly, you know, can and should, same thing with Snapchat. It's like, do you play golf? Do you play tennis? Are you on a bank board? Are you on a civic board? What is it that turns you on? Where do you want to go? You don't have to use them all, but begin to get comfortable with with what it's all about. Because your roles will be different than mine. How I use LinkedIn sure. could be so different than the way you use it. And you're using it really successful, Chris. And somebody else is going to say, boy, I use Twitter this way. And I'm going, God, I never thought of that. Yeah, so everybody will exactly. everybody, everybody everybody pick up a different way.
1: Great. I think that's really helpful. As we wrap up, Kevin, I think this is just – I think you've given amazing content during this talk. You've like you really delivered a lot of things to think about. But I think you're also probably instigated a lot more questions than answers because, as, as with anything, right, any any good information should provoke a lot of thinking. So I wanted to just ask you if you could tell, like, how does your business help lawyers navigate all of this? What is it exactly? Like, I know you said at the top of the show what you did, but now I think make, it'll make it more relevant. How do you help lawyers work their way through this marketing maze?
2: We've moved from... You know, almost an agency model to more of a technology model. At our core, we are a WordPress managed platform because you can take that WordPress thing and put it out there for hosting and have a managed host manage it, but you don't have these other things that you would know how to use and give breathe life to blogging well and building a name for yourself. So we, you know, put six or seven or eight things in place for that. As an ancillary service from our business, I do believe just like a New York Times reporter has to help get their content to move around, they can't rely on just the New York Times and their marketing department and distribution department. They have to learn things like Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, that type of stuff. So, you know, we're still working on it you know because we're not going to go out and I'm not going to go out and sell my services and knowledge on that type of stuff. I'm not a teacher. I can inspire people and it doesn't it's a tough business to scale for our company. But sure. we but what we are working on is okay, let's have webinars on these subjects to tell people how to do it. Let's turn people on to people that can help them do it. So we're really focused on that that managed WordPress platform, what are the mediums that you're going to use and how might you use them. And so we'll go from You know, there's a blog option that exists on the platform today. There'll soon be a simple website option that'll exist. There'll be a microsite option that exists. There'll be a network option. But we'll do to empower lawyers where people have spent, you know, $30,000 on a microsite, maybe it should be $50 a month. Maybe for a website instead of $5,000 for something that search engine optimized, maybe it's $25 a month or $49 a month. But to leverage technology in ways that other companies are doing it. So it becomes disruptive and very empowering to the lawyers. So we, want to, we want to empower lawyers to help their dreams come alive. We're going to focus on the tech side, but I think when you focus on the tech side and you have a guarantee for success, you can't fall back on it. What I mean by that guarantee for success is anybody that begins to work with our company, if they don't think it's the best thing they ever did and at the end of a the year, they just call us up and ask for their money back, uh, whatever sum of money they want, because that's the type of commitment I want my team to know. We're not playing a game. This is not content marketing to push content out. Then you could measure it on traffic. You could even sell software to measure traffic. We want somebody to say, this was really life-changing. Does it happen in large firms? It's tougher because they sure. tend, they don't really want to life change sometimes all the others. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but for small firms, as you know, Chris, you know the impact that you yeah. guys are having with certain firms and how it can really change their lives for the better and help their families. And I that's what motivates us. So it's, it's a managed WordPress platform with the technology in place, but just like you have to have services on top of that, like Salesforce or Clio or other software, you know, we're that on the publishing side.
1: Fantastic. That's really helpful. Um, and that wraps up this edition of the unbillable hour, the law business advisory podcast. Our guest today, saving law firms one lawyer at a time has been Kevin O'Keefe. Kevin, is reachable at his website at www.lexblog.com. His Twitter handle is at Kevin O'Keefe. That's K-E-V-I-N-O-K-E-E-F-E. He's also on LinkedIn under the same handle, Kevin O'Keefe. Any other ways people should reach out to you, Kevin? That'll work pretty good. All right. This is Christopher Anderson, and I look forward to seeing you next month with another great guest as we learn more about topics that help us build the law firm business that works for you. Remember, you can subscribe to all the editions of this podcast at legaltalknetwork.com or on iTunes. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you again soon.
0: The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast. Join us again for the next edition, right here with Legal Talk Network.
1: Learn by doing.